0: Welcome back to the Long Acres Finance channel, where the focus is on dividend growth investing. Let me start off today with a simple question. Are you a fan of SCHD, Schwab's U.S. Dividend Equity Fund? If you are, and you happen to watch my latest video that explained how this fund works, I think you will like what I have in store for today. What if we borrowed the stock selection process from SCHD, or rather its underlying index, the Dow Jones U.S. Dividend 100, and applied this process to the dividend aristocrats? By doing this, we could create a portfolio that would operate just like SCHD. But built from a much more tailored subset of quality dividend stocks. I thought of this shortly after the last video was released, and I wondered how difficult it would actually be to duplicate the methodology of the index. It turns out the process was rather simple, and it didn't take too long to gather the necessary data and crunch the math. What I want to do today is show you the results, but more importantly explain how I did this and what I intend to do with it in the future. The results have already been shared with my Patreon community, If you're a member, you can access the shared dividend aristocrat spreadsheet that includes a new tab labeled SCHD score. On this tab you will find the results. Additionally, the composite score has been added to the lead tab of this document that includes all the other metrics I already track in this file. Let's talk about the process and results now. If you recall, from my explanation of how the Dow Jones US Dividend 100 index works, the process starts with 3 screeners to trim the list of about 2,500 stocks to a more manageable number. I skipped this part, as the dividend aristocrat list is already trimmed to the 64 stocks that meet the strict criteria today. The main focus on duplicating this index was on step number 2, which is ranking the stocks based on the 4 criteria laid out by the index, which are free cash flow to total debt, return on equity the IAD yield or forward dividend yield and the 5 year dividend growth rate. I was actually able to quickly pull all of this data from Seeking Alpha. The website doesn't show us a free cash flow to total debt ratio but it does provide the two numbers we need to compute it which are cash from operations and total debt with the free cash flow to total debt ratio simply being the cash from operations divided by total debt. At least this is how the Dow Jones index defines this ratio. The next step was to rank all of the aristocrats based on these four criteria. The way I interpreted the rules of the Dow Jones US Dividend 100 Index is that they rank all of the selected stocks by each of the four criteria and then equal weight them into a composite score. What wasn't clear to me was whether the stocks are assigned a rank, like 1, 2, 3, 4, and so on, and these rankings are combined into the composite score, or whether they multiply each of the criteria by a factor that will equalize their weights. I chose the first option to assign a rank to each stock for each of the four criteria, and then combine these rankings into one overall composite score. The second method would produce different composite scores, as some companies have exceptionally good results for at least one of the four criteria. For example, Tiro has a great free cash flow to total debt ratio of 1100%, whereas the average free cash flow to total debt ratio for all 64 aristocrats is about 62%. If I computed a factor for the free cash flow to total debt ratio, to normalize it with the return on equity, the forward dividend yield, and the 5 year dividend growth rate, Tiro's composite score would still receive a huge boost from a normalized free cash flow to total debt ratio measure. What I'm getting at here is that if any stock has an exceptionally high result for just one of the four criteria, with the rest being mediocre, it would still rank very well in terms of an equal weighted composite score. So this is how I ranked the aristocrats. First I sorted the file by the free cash flow to total debt ratio, from highest to lowest, and assigned the 64 aristocrats a rank from 1 to 64. If any aristocrats had the same ratio, I would assign the same rank to both. This only occurred a few times across all of the criteria. I then repeated this process for the return on equity, the forward dividend yield, and the 5-year dividend growth rate. Finally, I added the four rankings together to generate a composite score. I then sorted the data in ascending order by composite score, since the aristocrats with the lowest score are the ones that rank the best overall. The data is current as of October 14th, and here are the results. T. Rowe Price Group ranked the best overall with a composite score of 40. It ranked the best in terms of free cash flow to total debt, 7th best in terms of forward dividend yield and 4th best in terms of the dividend growth rate, with the poorest results coming from its return on equity that placed them as number 28 on the list. The 2nd best aristocrat was Abvi with a composite score of 48. AbbVie ranked very well for return on equity and the 5-year dividend growth rate, coming in 3rd best for each. It has the 13th highest forward dividend yield, and the poorest score for the stock came from the free cash flow to total debt ratio, as it was number 29. For 3rd place we have a tie between A.O. Smith and Illinois Toolworks, both with a composite score of 70. The Dow Jones US Dividend 100 Index uses the higher forward dividend yield as a tiebreaker for stocks with the same composite score. If we applied the same rule here, Illinois Toolworks would technically be number 3, and AO Smith would be number 4. In a very close 5th place, we have ADP with a composite score of 71. The next 5 aristocrats are Expeditors International of Washington, Target, Sintas, Clorox, and Procter & Gamble, all with composite scores between 85 and 94. If we move down the list to see which aristocrats ranked the worst, we see Albert Malley had the poorest results. The company ranked poorly for all four criteria, with its best result being number 49 in terms of the dividend growth rate. Becton Dickinson finished in the second worst position, and it too ranked pretty poorly for all four criteria. Number 62 was Consolidated Edison, that did rank well in terms of forward dividend yield, as the 14th highest amongst all the aristocrats. The company, however, looked pretty bad for the other three criteria. Number 61 was Federal Realty Trust, that also ranked well in terms of forward dividend yield, but not for the other measures. The one caveat here is that the Dow Jones US Dividend 100 Index excludes all REITs, and the four criteria used here are not favorable metrics for REITs, so it's normal to expect for them to perform poorly using the stock selection process. The two other REITs that are part of the dividend aristocrat list also didn't rank well. Realty Income was number 59, and Essex Property Trust was number 50. Okay, so now that we have these composite scores, and we can rank the aristocrats just like the Dow Jones index ranks its top dividend stocks, what can we do with this data? Here's my idea. I intend to create my own index, similar to the Dow Jones US Dividend 100 Index, and track how well it performs against Noble and SCHD. I think it'll be interesting to see how this stock selection process works out, but there's still a few other aspects to think about before I can deploy this index into action. First is how many dividend aristocrats to include in the index. The Dow Jones US Dividend 100 Index includes 100 stocks as the name suggests. Obviously there are only 64 dividend aristocrats right now, so choosing 100 isn't even an option, and who knows how this list will change in the future. My initial thought is to select the top 30 aristocrats, and use a similar capped float adjusted market capitalization process to determine the weight of each stock. The Dow Jones Index caps the weight to any individual stock at 4%, which would be too small of a cap to use here since this index will have significantly less stocks. I think using twice the equal weight as an allocation cap would be a good place to start, which would place the cap at 6.67%. The Dow Jones Index also has a sector cap of 25%. I think I will forego this cap as it may be more difficult to manage with a smaller subset of stocks. The Dow Jones Index also has quarterly and daily weight cap tests, which I think this index can do without. Perhaps I can track the portfolio drift and set a limit at which it would be rebalanced, but my initial idea was to just let it run for a year and rebalance annually on January 1st. I simply wouldn't have the time to check the weight of this index on a daily basis. So more to come on this as I plan on actually implementing this index and tracking it in the upcoming year. As always, all of the data will be shared with my Patreon community and later published on Seeking Alpha and documented on YouTube. In theory, when you think about this set of four criteria, the Dow Jones Index uses to select its member stocks. It aligns with my overall investing strategy of seeking quality at the right valuation. The free cash flow to total debt ratio shows us the company's financial stability. Return on equity shows us how efficient a business is at generating profits. The only caveat with this metric is that it doesn't work if a company has a negative balance for shareholder equity. This could be related to negative retained earnings or holding excessive treasury stock, which aren't indicative of a poor business. But you simply can't divide net income by a negative number and have a meaningful measure for return on equity. So there are a few hiccups with this set of rules that will negatively impact some aristocrats. The forward dividend yield can be a gauge of valuation, to some extent. Typically, stocks that are undervalued will offer more attractive dividend yields. So on average, these aristocrats should rank higher in terms of their forward dividend yield. And the 5-year dividend growth rate shows us how quickly the company is increasing its dividend. Dividend growth typically aligns with how fast the company is growing overall. Because if revenues and earnings aren't growing, it's difficult to justify paying out more dividends to shareholders. So what do you think of this merger between SCHD and the dividend aristocrats? Do you think this index that I intend on tracking will perform well? Would you select more or less than the 30 aristocrats I plan on selecting? Let me know what you guys think. All feedback is welcome.